Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO Podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. And today, we're going to be talking about how to spot a healthy man, when a porn addiction is just that, and breaking down something I call pigeon mentality, plus a whole lot more. And just a reminder that if you want to chat privately with me, find me on the Instant Go app. My username is ShallonXO and click chat to get connected. Also, be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. Fallon sent me this question and it's led to a larger concept that I want to talk about. Okay, so she said, I met this guy on Tinder in April right? So many of our bad stories start with Tinder. And we were just, we had so much in common. So happy. Fast forward to late June, he asked me to be his girlfriend. I said no, and that I needed more from him in terms of like emotional support. And a few weeks later, he promised he could give me that emotional support I needed and that he wanted us to be official. So, okay, I agreed. That night we slept together for the first time and he promised to be there for me like I wanted and invited me to meet his parents later in the week. And he ended up coming not that kind of coming well probably with coming up with excuses not to see each other over the next two weeks and would only message me in the early hours when he was horny I ended it and blocked him on everything and then I went on vacation and during my vacation he was calling me and texting me every day begging to speak to me he even messaged me from a fake insta as his was blocked and sent my best friend a message and said he was so stressed with work and he couldn't live without me and blah 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 I ended it and agreed to be polite friends just to get him off my back. My question is, after I stalked his Instagram, I see pictures of his ex posted of them together from 2015 where she's thanking him for how supportive and caring he's been. And my self-esteem was just crushed. I feel like, why did she deserve care and support and I didn't? I know I can never know what the relationship was like or what went on, but I cannot help but let it get to me and was wondering like, What is the most healthy way to get over this person? I'm so angry that he treated me crappy, but apparently treated this other girl super well. Oh, I know. I know this feeling. I know this feeling. And it takes so many different forms. Like, yes, sometimes it's very pointed. Like, oh, I'm seeing him give a girl who is not me exactly what he said he couldn't give to me. Or sometimes it's just he has a girlfriend. Why couldn't he commit to me and he could commit to her? I mean, there's obviously like a billion red flags in this question. Like my first thing is like, well, don't say you blocked him on everything if he can still call you. You know, it's like I blocked him on eBay and Venmo. Girl, you didn't block him. If he can still get to your phone, that's it. And I liken blocking to like your emotional safe space. Your yourself is a house. And if you had someone trying to get into your house, you wouldn't just like, um, I'm just going to shut the oven door real tight and like make sure the cabinets in the garage are closed. You'd lock the goddamn front door. You'd shut the windows. You put down the garage door. You would actually try to keep someone out of your house. You need to actually try to keep someone out of your emotional house too. And if you don't, you know what I always say, you need to ask yourself, why am I letting this person in? Because I wouldn't let like a crazed person just wander through my door and then be like, oh no, he's murdering me. This is crazy. I didn't expect this. Well, yes, I did. You know, you choose your behaviors, you choose the consequences. But I digress. Let's focus on what's at hand. I think 
what's difficult about this, right, like I said, is like you see someone basically living the life you feel like you should have lived with this person, the life they either implied or they flat out told you, you know, or just what you imagined and what you wanted. But there's something I call pigeon mentality. If you see a flock of pigeons in the park and you think, you know what, I'd really like to pet one of those pigeons. But the pigeon doesn't really want anything to do with you, you know, unless you have a thing that it wants. You've got the breadcrumbs, whatever. So if you get too close, it flies away. Why? You're smarter and cooler than its pigeon friends. Why doesn't it want to hang out with you? I have an unlimited supply of bread at home. You stupid other pigeons don't. Have you ever had this thought in your life? No, of course not. You never look at a flock of pigeons and want to touch them full stop. But if they fly away from you and want to hang out with their pigeon bros, you're not like, oh my God, I feel so rejected. Because you know pigeons belong around other pigeons, right? That's exactly who they should be hanging out with. You should not have a pigeon be your best friend. You shouldn't be on its level. Well, some people are like pigeons. They're low intelligence, low emotional IQ. They're too into carbs, all of these things. And so they're only going to want to be around other pigeon people because that's all they're capable of, the pigeon mind. And we might not be able to see from the outside that they are actually birds of a feather. This girl and this dude, like this ex and, and this dude, they are both pigeons. And maybe her bar is really low. It's pigeon low. So her idea of, wow, love and support, might have been like liking a text that her dad had passed away. Like, you know, liking a post. Like, it could have been so incredibly minor. And she's like, wow, pigeon. In her like stupid bullshit pigeon language. And like when I see, you know, an exit who would never commit to me, my good guy fuckboy, with someone else, I'm like, oh my God, why? She's got this stupid hair and these lame floral dresses. And it's like, but that's, that's where he's at. They actually are well-suited for each other because he's not that cool either. If he was cool, if he had more capability than pigeon mentality, he would be on my level. And he would, he would look at other pigeons and be like, they're not my people. She's my people. Shallon's my people. This is the level I need to be at. This is the crowd. These are my peers. But he doesn't do that because that's simply not true. So don't think of it like, our ex has found true love or this guy who jilted us like, oh my God. And she's just living out this dream life. No, he hasn't changed. He hasn't revolutionized himself. He hasn't leveled up. He has just found his equal level. You know, water seeks the same level. Pigeons seek pigeons. They've just found someone who's willing to meet them down there in the gutter. So Jules submitted this question and I wanted to answer it because it really ties into what we were talking about today on uh, the YouTube channel. So she said, new and big fan of yours and I watched your Camilla and Sean video on dating for clout. How do you know if your feelings are real and healthy towards a guy? Like most guys I've really liked in the past, I liked because they had qualities I wanted and I was reaching through them to fix myself. I'm going to therapy now and learning more about myself and enjoying being single, but when will I know that I'm ready to date again and trust that my feelings really are healthy and aren't just reaching, that reaching feeling again, for someone to distract me from my own issues? 
so so wise and so woke <laughs> to like realize this about yourself because that's what I said in the video if you haven't seen it yet that like the times I've dated someone for clout or like loved a guy who was like famous or popular or of that ilk it was because he had something I admired like it wasn't that I wanted to date him it's that I wanted to be him and I was doing this at a time in my life where things were really kind of deficient you know like I wasn't in a good place and this was my way of escaping he was a getaway car you know so this took me like decades to realize but I also think that for sure a certain amount of admiration is healthy in a relationship and that's part of how you bond and it's it makes you strive to be better both for yourself and for one another like I don't want to date a guy that I can't learn from life is it can be really repetitive. You know, you work in an office, it's the same stuff every day. I want someone who's bringing something new to the table, who's enthusiastic about something, who does have traits that I can admire so that I can become a better person. But I think the way we get to a healthy relationship with a guy is to make sure the rest of our life is healthy as well. For me, my career is the most important thing. Like if my career is not going well, like it throws my entire life out of whack, you know, in like this existential sense. And my friends are the second most important thing. And, you know, friends and family, like those close personal bonds. Like if I'm in a fight with someone, forget about it. Be lucky you don't have my phone number because I would blow up your phone. Like, please, please help me. So if my career is going well and I feel like I'm following my dreams and, you know, on the path that I want to be on and I have a healthy group of girlfriends, then I know that I'm in a pretty good place to find a relationship with a boy that's healthy. But if I'm ignoring something in terms of my dreams, if I'm spending all my energy running away from them instead of chasing them and I'm being lonely or antisocial or like I just have one friend that I'm relying on for everything, then I know that any sort of romance is probably going to be born out of desperation, right? And when that happens, it's never a balanced scenario. It, I never step back and ask myself, do I like him? No, 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 no. It is always a matter of, does he like me? He has to like me. And it feels very desperate. It feels like that voice just sounded manic, insane, because I always feel powerless and helpless because I'm literally just reaching out and grasping for any guy that I can get just to fill the role of boyfriend. Now casting, role of boyfriend. Because I want to keep myself distracted so that I don't have to work on the larger issues in my life. It's an internal temperature. And that is not to say that if I'm in a healthy place in those career and, you know, social aspects, I'm only going to have good outcomes with boys. Absolutely not. You're still going to meet your fair share of fuckboys and douchebags, obviously. But the difference is you're going to be able to spot them easily because you don't need a man. You want a man. It's like when you go shopping for a special event and you wait till the last minute and you're like, I need a dress for this stupid wedding. You're desperate. So you're looking at like dresses that aren't quite the right size, not really your best color because you're like, I just literally need something for this goddamn bridal party. But when you're shopping on your own and you're relaxed, you're a lot choosier because you can be because you have that wiggle room. You know, you're not making those fear-based decisions. So in terms of dating, you're evaluating truly what someone is bringing to the table because you are well aware what you're bringing to theirs. So the next time you meet a guy, do a lot of that internal temperature checking with yourself. How do you feel? Do you feel manic and out of control? Are you checking your phone? Are you agonizing over every single word that you texted him and the syntax? Should I have said, what was that exclamation point about? 
Or do you feel stable and healthy? Is he leading the conversation? Is he coming to meet you more than halfway? Is it the feeling you get after eating a bag of Skittles on an empty stomach where you're nauseous and jittery? Or is it the feeling you get after eating something healthy and nutritious, a salad, a steak, something that fills you and truly nourishes you? Your body and your mind always have a lot to tell you if only you give it the room and give yourself the room to listen. So speaking of guys who are taken or who may not be, Mary sent me this question and she said, I met this guy, actually we reconnected. We knew each other like from our school days and we recently reconnected on Facebook and hung out in real life. And you know, it was just a drink, but it was like super fun. And we've been talking a little bit ever since, but I don't know if he has a girlfriend because he used some language like we, when we were talking like, oh, we go to the shore, blah, blah, blah. And, but he never directly said he has a girlfriend, but he also never directly said if he's single. And since then, yeah, like we've talked here and there and we like swap songs. We're like music dorks. And I don't know if it's okay for me to just straight up ask if he has a girlfriend. Like I definitely don't want to get involved with him if he does, but how am I supposed to find this out? Well, I think the biggest factor is simply going to be if he asks you out again. I mean, if he does ostensibly he doesn't have a girlfriend <laughs> but but we forget the crucial factor that men are actually trash and of course they will ask you out if they have a girlfriend some people can't let go of one branch before they get a grip on the next right so if he does ask you out you have every right to be like hey I just want to know before we get together I want to make sure I'm not stepping on anyone's toes here like you are a single man correct because if he is single, he's not going to have any problem with you asking. And if he has a girlfriend, oh, he's going to have a big problem. Well, I mean, you know, it's complicated. And like, I mean, she just, she's my friend, but we've, we've really become distant. That, no. If it isn't a hell no, I don't have a girlfriend, then you got to assume he 150 fucking percent has a girlfriend. Because what is he going to tell you? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I have a girl. She's great. I have a great girlfriend. And she doesn't know uh, anything about this. She's home waiting for me, loving me, ironing my shirts. And yeah, I am actually just a nightmare trash person. But hey, do you still want to like get happier? And then maybe, I don't know, give me like a dry hand job in the back of an Uber? How's that sound? He's probably not going to say that, right? But the thing is, like, if he doesn't ask you out again, hopefully that means he has a girlfriend, you know? Like, we have to look at that as a pretty big data point. However, this guy does kind of seem like he would be the one, the type, to put you in that side chick position, that emotional fidget spinner, the fun, zippy little flirtation he has on the side, and like I said, all while having someone completely stable at home. And... Why these people are so toxic is that if you call them out, he would just be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're just friends, Mary. Like, we're just swapping music. Like, uh, I never said that I had a girlfriend. I never said I was single. People like that are manipulative above all things. And when you call them out on their bullshit, they will gaslight you and make you think that not only are you crazy, they're actually not doing anything wrong. You're the wrong one for accusing them. Like I said, if he really doesn't have a girlfriend, he's not going to mind these questions, right? He, like he, 
People who have nothing to hide, hide nothing. Their motives and their behaviors are extremely linear. Things make sense. Personally, I wouldn't keep talking to him. Like, she said herself, like, this is not a neutral situation. She's catching feelings and she doesn't know if he is. And friendships are supposed to be neutral. And if you don't have a neutral interaction with someone, then they need to be pursuing you like a boyfriend, you know? And don't just, like, hang out with him either. Don't send him any more songs. That's what he has a girlfriend for. If he needs someone to talk to or relate to, he has his bros, his family, and the person he has sex with. Not you. Have you ever wondered what the secrets are behind some of the most successful women in the world? Well, each week on the Super Women with Rebecca Minkoff podcast, designer Rebecca Minkoff, yes, the girl who makes all of your favorite purses, talks to women from all walks of life, from CEOs to artists. They share their personal stories on the successes and their failures in order to help you tap into the power of vulnerability and find strength in dealing with loss. They also share tips on how to make your inner superwoman shine through. Doesn't this sound totally up our alley? So head on over to Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts for new episodes of the Superwoman with Rebecca Minkoff podcast to get inspired, laugh, and learn a few life lessons along the way. So Nanette submitted this question. She said, Dear Shallon, I recently got out of a bad marriage, but before I left my husband, I met this guy and like we connected so hard. It was just, it felt kind of like love at first sight. The only problem was, uh, yeah, I was married, but he was also married and I did the hard thing and I left my husband who was honestly really toxic and abusive, but he's still married. And I know that like, he's probably not healthy for me, but I just cannot like forget about him and I'm never going to get involved with a married man nothing like that don't worry but I feel like this guy is on my mind constantly and I don't know why or what to do like how can I stop having such a crush on this guy so I actually have kind of a different point of view on this and I know that a lot of you guys who are listening like aren't married and I that's fine I'm like don't do it run <laughs> just kidding not not really but we have all kind of been in a situation like this, or at least we have, and we haven't yet recognized it, but that's what I'm here for. So my point of view is that I don't actually think it's a crush at all. I think, Nanette, it's almost frustration that's left over from your divorce. Like you did the really hard and brave thing and got out of a toxic situation, and this guy hasn't. And I feel like that's frustrating for you to know and to observe. Like you want him to do the hard work too. And because he isn't, you're staying fixated on him. But when we encounter people who are married or in like any kind of relationship, they're in them for a reason. It works for them. They might complain about it or outwardly, it might look just incredibly dysfunctional, but it actually does function as evidenced by the fact that they're still married or still with their girlfriend or still at that job, you know? And I mean, obviously there's exceptions, like if a woman is being abused and she doesn't have the money to leave, blah, blah, blah. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about men, men who get to run the world and can do whatever they want. So they are doing whatever they want. We can't try to save someone because what we view as someone who needs rescuing, actually, maybe they don't. Maybe they are in a dysfunctional relationship. Maybe they are kind of miserable, but for whatever reason, that works for them. That is familiar to them. That's either what's been modeled like through their family line, or that's what on some level they think they deserve. So it works. And so maybe that's what you're actually feeling. This need to rescue him 
the way no one came to rescue you. But like I said, he is a grown-ass man, and whatever dynamic is going on in his marriage, it does work. If it didn't, he would be divorced, and that is the simple, plain truth. And if you guys are dealing with this, like, especially if it's somebody just with a girlfriend, you can get rid of that via text message. Text message. So I think, Nanette, the point is like, more to do with how long you were suffering in this bad situation and less to do with how attractive this guy actually is to you. He represents something. And I think only you can really know what that is, you know? So sit with yourself and ask some hard questions. Is this man the embodiment of um, me when I was trapped in a bad marriage? Do I view him as a getaway car from my own misery and boredom and the directionlessness I have now? Do I think if I got together with him, it would justify why I left my marriage and all the drama of the divorce? Am I trying to help him the way I wish someone had helped me? Whenever we get fixated on someone, it's be in like an irrational way, it's because they represent something larger. So we really have to take the steps and like identify what's going on because once we do, then we can really move on. So Linny has a problem with her new boyfriend, but he's not exactly new to her life. She said, Dear Shallon, I've known this guy for about a year. We were really good friends. And about two months ago, we transitioned into like boyfriend, girlfriend. And I'm starting to feel like not much of a priority. He's in medical school and he also works another job to pay for it. So he's super, super busy. And I just feel like he doesn't have time for me. We we never go out on dates. He never takes me out. Um, it'll take him days to respond to my text. And we've had sex like once in the last month. So I just kind of don't know what's going on. I know that he's so tired and so busy. And I really want to be like respectful of that. But I just feel like my needs are not getting met right now. Ugh. So I'm answering this question because if you guys watch my video today on Bella Hadid and The weekend and their breakup... And how like busyness can tear people apart, but it can also be an excuse, like a card that guys play to get away with all sorts of bad behavior. That's why I want to talk about this, because this question really tied into that video and helped inspire it. So what I think is going on here, Lynette, is that I, and I hate to say this, you're a girlfriend of convenience. You know, you were the closest thing around him. He needed someone. He was lonely or unstable or just you know, wanted a nice, wonderful, warm female companion, like no shit. And he already knew you and trusts and likes you enough. And therefore he didn't have to go through any of the courtship rituals or plan dates or spend hours having long talks and getting to know each other and building trust. You know, all of the rituals that make a girl fall for a guy, like, hello. He took what I call the boyfriend equivalency exam. And we, <laughs> we always want to take that exam when we get out of a really serious relationship and then we realize we have to start dating people from scratch. It's like we just want to go to that sweatpants and Chinese food stage, but you can't. You have to start all over at the bottom of the mountain again. So this guy is trying to find a shortcut. And so you were close enough to him that he could just kind of slot you on in. And for me, what put the nail in the coffin was the sex thing. That tells me that like your needs are not a priority wooing you is not a priority the only priority is that he has filled the role of girlfriend in his life like that role has been cast the position has been filled 
Now he's getting back to his thing, his daily routine. He's busy and he has a lot of other priorities and he wants to ensure that, like I said, he has someone to come home to that'll listen to his problems, fix him dinner here and there. Basically a stable little support system. And what exactly are you getting back? I literally can't think of anything. Like I can't. I mean, maybe to say you have a boyfriend? Cool. You can say you have a dragon. You can say you have a mansion. If it is not actually so, then what's the point? Like, you're not getting time, like quality time. You're not getting attention. You're not even getting laid. Because you know what? Fuck boys, fuck. That's kind of the deal. Like, and if you're not doing that, bro, you're just a boy, like a child. And it was probably like, he's not doing all of these things. He's not doing the thoughtful things, taking you on meaningful dates, or even probably listening to you when you have a problem. Because you know what? And this is, I think, a data point that he's trying to become a doctor. Doctors have God complexes. They do. My mom was in medicine for a long time. My family has been for generations. And there's a lot of dicks in medicine. Like they, and look, I don't blame them. They save lives. They work miracles. And so it's kind of like their world and we're all just living in it. And that sounds pretty, pretty on par here. So I think the first order of business is to replace the word can't with won't. Don't say he can't take you to dinner. He won't. He's not deployed in Iraq. He's not running for president. He simply has other priorities and you are not one of them. And if you truly can't do something, if you, if you can't, and that's the really the reality of the situation, then he has no right having a girlfriend. Because you know what I can't do? I can't take care of a dog right now. My schedule's too hectic, my life and my schedule, like just, it won't allow for it. So I don't have a dog. I don't buy a dog and leave it in the house and neglect it and then blame the dog for its needs and make it feel ashamed that it needs to eat and go outside and have attention. Fuck you, dog. He obviously doesn't have that point of view about you. And that might mean he thinks of you as a possession and not a person. A mean to his own ends, a thing that fulfills his needs that doesn't really have needs of its own, you know? A possession. The best advice I've ever gotten was that you can't just fall in love with a person, you have to fall in love with their circumstances too. Because otherwise, they're just good on paper. Or vice versa. It's just chemistry with no real logistical like feasibility. And a man who has no time for me and doesn't seem, quite honestly, to be interested in having time, well, honey, those are not the circumstance, circumstances I'm going to tolerate. And you shouldn't either. You deserve more and you have more to give. So don't let the nostalgia, that like mythology of your past friendship and like maybe the crush you had on him that whole time, don't let it cloud your judgment into staying in a relationship that's not really giving anything back to you and probably won't. Life's too short for that. Keep it moving. This next question is like fascinating to me and I want to share it with you all. So Kim texted me and she said, basically this question isn't for me. It's for one of my good friends and she's like 27. She's got a child with her boyfriend and they've been together, you know, a while. They have a five-year-old and recently like she's caught him on like cam chat rooms, like chatting with cam girls and like, if this was just watching regular porn, she wouldn't care. But the fact that it's interactive, that he's, like, talking with these people is 
really worrisome to her, you know, and she's confronted him about it. And he said, you know, I just feel like I can't make you happy and I can't give you what you need. And I feel like I'm failing and blah, blah, blah. So she doesn't know what to do. She, it's like, this isn't quite cheating, but it's also not, not cheating. So bleh, this is certainly a tricky situation. And like, for sure, on one hand, I agree with your friend that like, I don't really care if my boyfriend watches porn. But like, if I knew he was having an intellectual or emotional connection with the girl and talking to her, that is a different story. I would rather have my boyfriend sleep with a prostitute than hold hands with a girl he works with. Do you know what I mean? Like there are certain things that are so much more intimate. And I remember a few years ago, I worked for a newspaper and we got to talking about whether or not porn is cheating. And I was the only person who said that it wasn't. And they looked at me like I was crazy, like I was some swinger. And I'm like, you think watching porn is cheating? Do you think if Tom Brady watches a different football game, he's cheating on his team? Like, what is the line of logic here? But I know that like a lot of people feel that way, you know, but this is true, is beyond that because it's interactive, you know? But what I think is really significant here is that he said he feels like he's failing. That is not a feeling guys do well with. At least a quality guy doesn't. An alpha male doesn't want to feel like he fails, you know? And it really shows which way their character skews when it comes down to it. Like, what is he going to do about it? If a man feels like he's failing, he either rises up or he shrinks away. You know, he rises to the challenge and he betters himself and he cowboys the F up or he just kind of goes all flaccid. And this is that flaccidity. This is him shrinking and slithering off to a woman who's going to make him feel like he is being successful. Ooh, you're so smart, you're so generous, so sexy. Blech. And I'm sure he's smart enough to know that this is just part of her game and her hustle. But when your ego's wounded, you're gonna take what you can get. Even if you know it's fake, it doesn't matter. You're in a state of like emotional, sort of like an emotional battlefield and you're looking for any sort of rescue team. Even if it's fake, you're like, all right, great, let's get the heck out of this feeling. So I do think that this girl needs to get to the root of why her man is feeling inadequate. Maybe she's running the household like a dictator and he feels like he can't make any decisions about their son. Maybe she's been riding him about needing to make more money or like she's doing most of the emotional labor in the marriage or whatever it might be. Having a child is so tricky and I feel like I've said this before, like if you were to suggest having a sister wife, People would look at you like you're crazy. You're cra How could you do that? But a sister wife brings resources. She brings labor skills. You know, she can do help with the dishes. She has things to say at the dinner table, like just more stimulation. A child is, a, is another third party. Only all they do is take. Take, 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 take. And yes, you love them. I mean, I hope so. But it's put, it's a third party in a relationship. And like, a woman only has so much attention and so much energy. So does a man. So it's like, where do you think the majority of her energy is going? Probably to that child. Probably not to her man. And I mean, you can't blame her for it. Children need a lot of energy and a lot of attention. But this can be the consequence that a man feels useless. And we know women communicate to build relationships and men communicate to solve problems. So if he can't feel like he's not solving, if he feels like he's not solving a problem, he's probably going to stop communicating. And he's going to start communicating with someone who he does feel useful to 
this cam girl. Even if he's tipping her and she's talking to him, hey, he's doing something and getting a positive result. Whereas at home, that's not happening. So what's difficult to do here is acknowledge that the porn thing is a much larger issue between the two of them. It is a symptom of that larger issue. And I understand that like she doesn't want to feel like the bad guy. Nobody does. But when a relationship is floundering, it it did take two people to get there. And that is just the ugly truth of it. Like you can, a phrase I love is like you can either be right or you can be happy. And that's the position she's in now. She can either get up on her high horse and paint him as the bad guy and be right, you know, but then she's going to have to accept the consequences of that, that her relationship is going to completely implode. Maybe not today or maybe not tomorrow, but it will and soon. Or she could choose to be happy and work on this from a collaborative standpoint, you know, and that will take swallowing her ego a little bit and admitting that maybe she had a hand in getting to the bad place and that there's a divide of communication between them. And look, hey, I don't like to look at my bad sides either. Nobody does. But if you're trying to save a relationship, especially one that involves a child, that is the work that you have to do. That's all for this week, Shaloners. Thanks for tuning in. And like I said, if you have a love question of your own that you need some help on, find me on the Instant Go app and click chat to get connected right away. Also, find me on YouTube, Shallon Lester. Click like and subscribe for new videos every Friday and a bunch in between. And be sure to follow me on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter at ShallonXO. Stay savage.